Thank you very much. Um, I'm really appreciative of uh, choir as they're slowly reassembling. Uh, our music is a gift that really lifts up our soul and helps us get a little bit closer to God. And it's a precious gift. And so the, the anthems that the choir sing uh, have a beauty to it. And so it lifts us soul in that way. Our praise team uh, uh, with a little bit more contemporary style kind of brings our spirits into it too. Um, it's, it's such a wonderful gift that we have. I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful too to uh, start to see people returning to church. Uh, there's really nothing like uh, when we're gathered as one to worship. Uh, so I'm very thankful and I pray that uh, God keep us safe and God allow us to continue uh, coming as a community to worship God. Friendship is more important than justice and the rule of law. That's what the Greek philosopher Aristotle said. When the bonds of friendship are strong, there is consent from the governed and trust in the rule of law. When these bonds of friendship break down, however, there is mistrust in the system that governs them. We're living in a time when these bonds of friendship are breaking down. Instead of friendship, there is mistrust, suspicion, and animosity. Instead of coming together with understanding and openness, people make enemies of those who are different. We see frustrations, anger, and tensions boiling over. We've seen this in the, the trucker convoys. We see it in the United States. We see it in places like Ukraine and Russia. We see it in leaders who gain power by targeting groups as scapegoats for all the problems. We see it in news media that amplify divisions. We see it in social media that act as echo chambers and that drive further wedges between groups and people. We live in a time of rapid changes and uncertainty as uh, Brim was uh, praying about. And obviously this COVID-19 pandemic has just really exacerbated all of this. There's a lot of anxiety and vulnerability. A lot of people are stressed out, overwhelmed, and feel powerless to manage their circumstances in life. All of these things have been fraying the bonds that tie us together. Uh, it just takes a little bit to, to turn one against another. People are on edge. The important question for our time is how we respond to all of these changes and uncertainties in life. Will they drive us further apart? Or will we be able to come together in common purpose and unity? I mean, I think for honest, what we've seen so far is not very encouraging. All this uncertainty has bred fear. And when fear strikes, the results are unpredictable. It can manifest in many unforeseen ways. What fear does do is it divides. Fear destroys rather than builds up. Fear wreaks havoc rather than brings peace. And fear creates more mistrust than goodwill. I mean, when I think about it, fear is truly a scary thing. Fear can really literally destroy this world. I think that President Franklin Roosevelt back in World War II spoke a great truth when he said that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. 
the fate of this world, I think, literally depends on whether we can manage and control our fear. Fear resides in the heart, and from our heart flows out our actions. From our heart springs forth the kind of life that we will live. This is what the prophet Jeremiah is saying in today's passage. He asks a piercing question. Whom or what do our hearts trust? When fear strikes, do you trust in God? Or do you turn away from God toward whatever might perhaps alleviate that fear? And he says that depending on the answer, your life is going to take a completely different trajectory. He contrasts two different kinds of life. He contrasts a shrub in the desert with a tree planted by water. Here's the first kind. Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Jeremiah depicts dryness and aloneness. These are the images, right? In other words, those who in their fear turn toward whatever might easily relieve them are compared to a shrub in the desert. Here's a little image of uh, uh, shrubs in the, the Sinai wilderness. And this is probably like a picture that Jeremiah had in his mind. The shrubs are those little things on the ground, the little pockets of uh, green you see here and there. I mean, the main feature of their life is that there's so little water, this life-giving water. There's very little of it. So what they do is they adapt and they conserve water. And all of their energies are really spent to conserve whatever little water they're able to muster. Because there's so little water, they remain very low to the ground. They cannot grow tall. And they're isolated because there's not enough water for them to live all close together. And so it's a kind of a lonely and barren existence too. And their life, yes, they've adapted and they've survived. They're hardy survivors because they can survive in very extreme conditions. But their life is small. They can't see beyond the low ground. And they have very little source of this life. And they cannot give life to others. This is the kind of life that results when one is gripped by fear. One seeks security in whatever or whomever they can find it. But one clings tightly to that little security they have found. That's the life of the shrub. He contrasts the shrub with the tree planted by water. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. And here's an image that Jeremiah may have had tall tree with green leaves and roots that stretch and are planted by the water. 
this life is blessed. If you look, it's planted with deep roots, so the tree is strong. And its roots are connected with the stream, and so they have access to a never-ending source of life-giving water. And when difficulties come, it will not fear those leaves remain green. In other words, they remain full of vitality and life. And when there's drought, it does not become anxious. Rather, it continues to bear nice fruit. So the question is, is your life like a shrub in the desert or a tree planted by water? Jeremiah was proclaiming this to people who are very afraid. I mean, their brother, sister, uh, country to the north, Israel, they had just been demolished by a powerful empire of Assyria. So, I mean, their glory days had passed. It had been hundreds of years since King David and Solomon had a united kingdom of Israel. In the meantime, mighty empires sprung up all around them. They were like just a tiny little rump of a nation. In, in fear, individuals, they turned to idols so that they might grow enough food instead of trusting in the Lord. In fear, they turned to try to ally themselves with the right stronger nation who might protect them from the other stronger nation. In fear, they started to turn on each other and looked after their own self-interest. And so in fear, the self-interest started to break down the bonds of community because everyone was looking after themselves. Even if they had to uh, go on the backs of other people, they, they were in fear taking care of themselves. They had become like shrubs in the desert. Our outer actions and the lives that we live spring forth from our hearts. A heart that trusts God is like a tree. It leads to a life that's like a tree planted by water. A heart that's driven by fear leads to a life like the shrub in the desert. If you're not entirely sure which one your life might be, that's understandable because Jeremiah identifies a dilemma we all face. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? Right? Really, who can understand our hearts? They deceive us. We rationalize things. We just don't really know. We don't know our own hearts. And so if we don't know our own hearts, we don't know the kind of life even that we're living. Most often we'll just go through a life without really thinking much about it. A shrub lies low to the ground and cannot see beyond itself. All it knows is it's just busy conserving water. In the same way, you might not even realize that you've been living a life more like a shrub because we don't know our own hearts. I believe that God's calling for people, especially in a time like this, is to be like trees planted by water. For our leaves to remain green. In other words, to maintain life and vitality, even when things become difficult. To continue bearing fruit rather than being paralyzed by fear and anxiety. In the past few weeks, Reverend Kim has spoken about gifts of the Spirit. 
St. Paul also talked about the fruit of the Spirit. This is what he said. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, this is the fruit that we need in the world today, is it not? This is what we are called to do and be. We need to be trees that bear the fruit of the Spirit. Those who trust in the Lord are like a tree planted by water. Its roots are nourished by never-ending stream of God's love. So think of the stream as God's love. These roots are connected to it. And the stream nourishes the soil, the soil that is our heart. That soil is nourished by this water. And that allows a tall, strong tree to grow. That tree is our life. Our life that has roots that are in a heart nourished by God's never-ending flow of love. My friends, we must spend time each day being planted and nourished by God's love. We must experience God's love, forgiveness, and grace every day. If we do that, then our lives will grow tall. God's love will produce leaves that do not wither when things get difficult. Trusting God is to plant ourselves deeply in God's love every day. We just sang that amazing song. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. That's what we need to do. So make it a point to carve out time and space in your life to meditate on God's goodness in your life. This is so important because it will change the trajectory of your life. When we are rooted in God's love, it opens our eyes. We begin to see the things that have made us fearful. And we begin to see and experience how God takes care of me. We begin to see and experience God's grace in a world that really seems to lack it. We begin to see that somehow all of life is held together by God's compassionate love. We begin to see the wonderful mystery of God at work in our lives and around us. We begin to see things that we cannot really express with words. So you have to really experience this. This thing you cannot experience with words, but you still sense somehow there is a presence looking after you. This sense is called awe. We no longer stand in fear but we stand in awe. Fear to awe. That is the spiritual journey of how we respond to uncertainty in this world. Fear to awe is the transformation of our posture toward life in the world. It's awe at how God has kept me through all the dangers, toils, and snares. Awe the wonderful cooing sounds of a baby. 
awe at life, this life that God has given for me. There is no fear in love. This is what in 1 John, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When we are rooted in God's love, it drives out fear and makes room for awe. My friends, the quality of your life, this one life that you have, depends on your response to fear. Fear to awe. This is what happens when we trust in the Lord and plant ourselves deeply in God's love. The past two years have been very challenging. I've seen many of you face your own unique struggles and challenges. My heart has often uh, bled and shed tears at some of the struggles that each of you face. But as a pastor, I've also been filled with awe as I've seen the power of faith working in many of you. I've seen your faith help you carry on to keep on going. I've seen it change you, and I've seen it open up new doors and avenues for you. Witnessing God's movement in you has really filled me with awe and thanksgiving. It has given me hope that there is grace in this world. This awe continues to fuel my desire to love all of you even more and serve you more deeply, more passionately. It fuels me to, to just help us work together to be a faithful congregation. Life is not easy these days. It can leave us tired and depleted. I speak to a lot of you and sometimes, yes, there's nothing left in the tank. We're so depleted. We're left weary and exhausted. Sometimes with no motivation. Nothing left to go on. But our faith is a wonderful faith. The words spoken by the prophet Isaiah to a weary and exhausted people hundreds of years ago still speak to us today. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and grow weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Trust in the Lord. The Lord will renew your strength. You will not fear when heat comes, and you will not be anxious in the year of drought. Your leaves will remain green, and you will bear fruit. Thanks be to God for this. Let us sing together.